Welcome to another week of Bite Size Podcast. We're still continuing on our theme on love that we began with at the beginning of September. Today we take a slight detour into an episode of Extra Bite. Still focused on the same theme on love. In the past couple of weeks, we've looked at defining love and we've gone into detail in defining that through the book of 1 John. And then we turned our attention to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we started in chapter 12 when we were starting to explain love, look at the different characteristics of love and what it is and how it applies to our life today. But for today... Let us take an extra bite. Today on Extra Bite, I want to focus on a topic of coined practical Christianity. A call to love. You see, Christianity, the word Christian means Christ-like. It means Christianity is supposed to display the love of Christ and the life of Christ. We are called as as Christians to live according to the word of God so that all who see us will know God and glorify him by how we live our lives. Now when I was still in university, one of my pastors used to love saying these words and they've stayed with me. He said, sometimes you must remember that you will be the only Bible that someone will ever read. Meaning how you live your life will be a manifestation of the Word of God. Because that is how we ought to live our lives. You see, sometimes people are not willing to pick up the Word of God for themselves and to read it. But when they know that you profess or confess to be a Christian, to be a child of God, they look at your life in order to see who God is. So it is important that we constantly strive to live according to his word. And this is only possible through Christ who lives in us, but only if we are willing to die to self and to allow him to live through us. You see, you cannot have two masters ruling your life. Me and you must make a choice. Either Christ is king of our lives, or we are. And this is a decision that is facing all of us who call them, who call ourselves by the name of God. All of us who call ourselves children of God. In the book of James, in chapter 1, verse 22 and 24, we are encouraged to be doers of the word and not just hearers. It reads like this, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. So if we are hearers and not doers, we are deceiving our own selves. Okay, it continues. It says, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in the glass for he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was 
Now, I love this analogy that James uses because it is impossible for me to stand in front of a mirror, see my reflection, and straight away when I turn away, forget what I look like. But James is saying, whoever is a hearer and not a doer of the word is like unto that. Saints, the word of God is supposed to be a mirror that reflects who we are. And it's supposed to be a mirror that reflects where we are not going right so that we can go and fix it. You see, a Christianity that is only spoken and not lived is devoid of the power to transform lives. Our lives are transformed by one act of love. The reason we are here today, the reason I can speak to you today is because an act of love that took years over 2,000 years ago is still transforming lives today and it has transformed mine. You see, love from beginning purposed to set us free, to restore us to the original purpose of our design, which was in communion with God. And love paid the price for that restoration. That's who he is. And that's who should be seen in our lives. He says, greater love is no no man than this, that a, a, a man would lay down his life for his friends. That is the love that we have. If, if we are supposed to be like him, if we are supposed to show the same conviction that he had, then, then, then we ought to live a life that is full of practical love. We ought to live out the love that we claim to have. You know, in the past couple of weeks when we were defining love and, and, and we tried started to explain love, everything that love is is practical. It is not a theoretical thing. It is not an emotional thing. It is a practical thing that we are supposed to live out. In fact, God commands us to live out love. You see, the Bible itself reminds us that we are a product of love. That we owe everything that we have and everything that we are to love. You see, the Apostle John, in writing in the book of John chapter 3, verse 16, he says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. The, love, the life that I have today, the guarantee that I have today, that when I die I will see God, is because of the act of love that God showed me. But what is, more, what is even more fascinating to me is that when Jesus is encountered with a question of what the greatest law is, his answer is simple. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. He says this is the first and the greatest of all the laws. But he continues from that. He says also another one like it is to love our neighbors as we love ourselves so he's calling us 
into two commandments. And he says on these two hang all the law and the prophets. We're called to love God and we're called to love people. So how do I love God? And how do I love people? Well, we're told in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 13. Moses speaking to the children of Israel, he says, And it shall come to pass, if ye hearken diligently unto my commandment, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God, and to serve him with all of your heart and with all of your soul. You see, in this verse, Moses tells the children of Israel that loving God means keeping his commandments. It means keeping the law that God has given us. Further on, in the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 to 4, we are reminded again that loving God is keeping His commandments. So we know how to love God. You know, we, we are told, we are instructed clearly how to love God by living according to his word. So we cannot be like that man in the book of James who looks at himself and forgets what he looks like. We cannot be just hearers of the word if we are to love God because how do we keep his commandments only by what we hear if we do not leave them out? We're called to walk according to his word and that is the outworking of our love for him. But Jesus doesn't only tell us that loving God is the culmination of all the law. No. He tells us that one similar to it is loving our neighbor as ourselves. Now I'm always amazed by how Jesus answers questions. He always answers fully but so as to not leave room for interpretation you know now how do i love my neighbor because that is important jesus tells of a story of a samaritan of a good samaritan when he's asked who the neighbor is but after that which i have identified my neighbor which is everyone that i come across now how do i love him the book of john the book of first john is very impressive in defining this and that's why I think when we were defining love we went a lot into it but in John in 1 John 3.17 it says this but whosoever hath this world's goods and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him how dwelleth the love of God in him How does the love of God dwell in us if we can see our neighbor, if we can see the need around us and yet choose to do nothing about it when we have the capacity to do something about it? You know, how do we show love for our neighbor? I mean, think about it. If you love yourself, you don't want to see yourself in lack. You don't want anything bad to happen to you. 
and if that 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 is how we show love to ourselves then that is how we should show love to our neighbors in fact if you go back into the book of leviticus moses is even much more clearer to the children of israel when dealing with the issue of the neighbor moses says love the stranger amongst you as yourself now last week when we spoke about ex- defining love we said we define life like this that love is the ability to show the fullness of god by resembling his character as displayed in his word in all situations it is not affected by feelings or circumstances but is fueled by the true knowledge of who god is and the reverence of his majesty and glory because god is love you see us who are called to love ought to show that john is telling us that our love ought to be practical that we cannot just keep saying we love if our actions do not accompany what we say we have to show love the true power and the true nature of love is when it is displayed because it is very easy for me to say i love you and then turn my back on you but when i show you my love that's where the true power to change a heart comes from you see it is when we show love that we reveal to each other and to the world that god truly lives in us in fact jesus says this in john chapter 13 and verse 35 when he's speaking to his disciples he says by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples if ye have love one to another so jesus is saying this is how the world knows that you belong to me by showing love to one another but how do we how do we show this love you know how how do we show this love to the world it's not by hugs and kisses but by taking care of each other's need by making sure that our action speaks the loudest about how much we love one another you see until we willing to show love through our action to our fellow brothers and sisters in the lord god who is love does not live in us It's not my words, it's God's words. It's what the Bible says. You see, I'm encouraged by the book of Philemon, at the letter that Paul writes to Philemon. Because if I mean if I can wrap it up in a few sentences and I know this doesn't do justice to it, but I think it will put my point across. Paul admonishes Philemon to show love to Onesimus who had wronged him. Onesimus was a slave to Philemon and he stole from him and ran away. And Paul admonishes Philemon to say, "Show love to the one who has wronged you." But the apostle Paul goes a step further. He says to Philemon, "I 
will pay the price for this reconciliation. He says, if he owes you anything, charge it to my account. This is how we are called to show love, not just in words, but in deeds. You see, Christ paid the price for our reconciliation to God, and that is how he showed love. But when he was done, he then handed over the ministry of reconciliation to us. The book of 1 Corinthians, we are told that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation. Reconciling people back to God by showing the love of God. And reconciling people back to each other by showing how you can love another human being. You see, the church we live in today is divided because in our wisdom we neglected to do the one thing that the Bible tells us never fails to love unconditionally it's the only thing that the Bible speaks about it says love never fails there is nothing else in the Bible that it says never fails and the reason it says love never fails is because God is love You see, this is not an impossible love because the ability to love is given to us by the Father. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4, verse 19, that we love because He first loved us. That we can love because God has laid down His life and poured out His love over our hearts. Meaning that our ability to love stems from the love He has shown us since the beginning of time. But it is important that we understand what love is so that we are able to give it and to show it the way that we are called to give it and to show it. Because you see, if we are mistaken or we misunderstood what it is, then what we will show will not be what it is. So even as we continue in the next few days, on this topic on explaining love and talking about how love is displayed through the word of God, stick with us. Get a a proper understanding of what we are called to when we are called to love. Let me close with this. Let us look at a practical example. We live in in times and in a country where the deep hurts of the past keep showing their ugly heads now and then. You have a majority of the population who are stuck in unforgiveness because of what they had to go through in the past. They feel justified to hold on to their unforgiveness because of what they lost during that all the time they were treated unfairly. And all of us, we, we, we would say, you know, they, they are justified to hold on. But what the Bible teaches us is that love is giving up the right and the feeling or entitlement to unforgiveness and forgiving without reservation. You see, forgiveness doesn't mean that we must do away with attempts to redress the ills of the past. No, it doesn't. It means we must, we don't keep holding others to the past that we claim to have forgiven them for. See, Jesus in the book of Matthew, 
chapter 6 verse 15 says something I think is very important as we close. He says, but if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You see, in this journey of love, forgiveness becomes very essential. Because the forgiveness we give to others is the key to our own forgiveness. We are called to forgive as a sign that love lives in us. Because the God we serve forgave. He's forgiven us. He even forgave those that were crucifying him and mocking him. You see, love helps us to forgive. And to know that God will make all things work out for our good. You see, there's something amazing that our Lord Jesus when he hung on the cross and was being beaten, not only forgave those that were beating him, not only forgave those that were mocking him, but showed love in that he interceded for them. That even as they beat and stabbed him and as they mocked him, he prayed for them and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they His response to adversity was to show even more love. And it's an amazing thing. You know, can we in our hearts today purpose not only to show love to those who love us, but moreover that we can show love to those who do not love us, to those who do not look like us, who do not walk like us, who do not believe like us of the example Christ showed us he loved so we must love see saints there's a lot of things that we go through that might sometimes diminish our desire to love like God the pain and the disappointment that engulfs our hearts clouds the perfect love of God working in us and sometimes we allow the unforgiveness, the hatred, the pain to become a dark cloud over the love of God in us. But you see, when we love like we are called to, like we are commanded to, God is seen in and through us and His love covers all. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, love covers all. That's why it is important that sometimes we just pause and reevaluate where we are in our lives. That like that man and James, we go to the mirror to see again, are there any spots that needs removing or covering? Is there any anger or hatred that we are holding on to that we need to surrender to him so that we can release ourselves from that? and be filled with love again. You know, we need to go to that mirror to see whether we've allowed anger and hatred to accumulate in our hearts and to crowd out the space for love. Because we need to make room in our lives and in our hearts for the love of God to fill us. Today I urge you, friends, 
Let us search our hearts. Let us not allow anything to crowd out the love of God in our hearts. With that, I'd like us to pray together. Please pray this with me. Say, Lord of all truth, I come before you today just as I am. I know that to love truly is to show that you live in me. That you have commanded me to love those around me as I love myself. Help me to be true to your command and to your word. Help me to show this love and to make room for it in my heart and in my life. Help me to not allow pain, anger, and hatred to crowd love out of my heart. Help me to forgive as I have been forgiven. Help me to always contend to love, even if it is uncomfortable. Help me to be like Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to allow his love to have free reign in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, I hope you've prayed that prayer and meant it. It is only when we allow God in our hearts, when we create room for his love, that we will start to see his love in us and through us. Well, this was a take on a just an extra right. We'll end our discussion here today. Please join us tomorrow as we jump back into our discussion on explaining love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're still continuing with our theme on love. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Extra Bite. And may God bless you and keep you. Well, friends, if you want to get in contact with us, or you have questions about this episode, past episodes, or any Bible-related questions you might have, you can get in touch with us through our social media pages. Facebook, we are Bite-Sized. On Twitter, it's at Bite underscore Word. On Instagram, it's Bite Word. Or you can send us an email on Bite-Sized0 at gmail.com. Again, thank you for tuning in, and goodbye.